Welcome to our study on trusting God. This week we're looking at giving thanks, which brings us to the last letter of our acronym that we started with, TRUST, where we truly thank God in everything. Ladies, our lives have been transformed as we learn to relinquish control of our lives to God's sovereign plan and ultimately making Christ Lord of our lives. We have been strengthened as we learned that nothing is going to happen to us that has not gone through God first and that His sovereign plan for our life will not be thwarted and now we should truly be thanking God in everything. Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5.18 that it is the will of God that we are to give thanks in everything. We all like to receive a thank you, don't we? It makes us feel good inside when we have helped someone and they acknowledge our kindness. Now, we don't necessarily do it for that reason, but it does feel good. Well, Paul here is telling us that we are to give thanks to God in everything. That means the good times as well as the bad. But the sad thing is, is that we don't always give thanks, do we? We certainly do not always give thanks in the bad times, but we even forget to give thanks in the good times. Scripture gives us an example in Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19, where Luke tells us about the ten men who were leopards. When Christ came, they cried out to be healed. Well, we all cry out, don't we, for Christ to heal us and take away the adversities in our lives too, don't they? Well, let's turn over to Luke chapter 17 and look at verses 11 through 13. It says, Now it happened, as we went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then, as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were leopards, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Well, Luke goes on to say in verse 14, that all ten men experienced Christ's healing power over their leprosy. Christ heard their cries and he healed them. It says they were cleansed. Let's look at that in verse 14. It says, So when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And then notice in verses 15 and 16, where it shows one out of ten fell on his face at Christ's feet and glorified God by giving him thanks. Let's read that. It says, And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned, and with a loud voice glorified God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Now, wait a minute. Does that say one out of the ten glorified God and said thank you? It doesn't say they all turned and glorified God and said thank you. No, it doesn't even say half of them turned and glorified God and said thank you. It says one out of the ten glorified God and said thank you. 
Doesn't that make you sad when you read that? Here God heard their cries and he answered them with healing. And yet they didn't give God the honor and glory for what he had done for them. They took the blessing for granted. How many times, ladies, has God given us something and we haven't thanked him for it? What have we taken for granted? What do you think Christ felt about their response? Let's look at verses 17 and 18. It says, So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? Ladies, you can clearly see that this did not please God. He says, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found to return to give glory to God except this foreigner? Ladies, we don't want to be like these leopards, do we? We really need to make this a matter of our life. There needs to be a time of accountability. Their need had been met. They had been healed. What they needed to do was turn back and give thanks and show their appreciation. We know how it feels when we don't get a thank you. We know how it feels to be ignored. We need to make sure that we are aware of God's presence in our lives and let him know how much we appreciate him and what he is doing in our lives. Hebrews 13:15 says, "Therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifices of praise to God, that is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. We are to be thankful in the bad times as well as the good times. It is easy to give thanks in the good times, isn't it? But we don't always give thanks to God for those blessings that he has given us. When we are going through the bad times in our lives, we also need to thank God and bring glory to his name. As we saw a couple of weeks ago, it was the irritant that caused the oyster to secrete nacre, creating a beautiful pearl, just as the adversity in our lives create us in the image of Christ. So when we are in the bad times, we need to get our mind off the circumstances we are going through and look to what God is doing in our lives as he uses them to shape us into what he wants us to be. We are to give thanks in everything because we know that in all things God is at work for our good. As it says in Romans 8.28 And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. When we look at the end result, ladies, of what God is doing in our lives, Rather than the pain or the discomfort that we are feeling, it helps to endure and seek to glorify God. Trusting God becomes very evident in our lives when we thank God in the good times as well as the bad because we are showing that we are trusting in the bigger picture that God knows what is best for us. Now, another response to the trustworthiness of God is to worship Him in times of adversity. 
David. You remember in the midst of adversity, as he was paying the price for his sins with Bathsheba, submitted to the will of God and worshipped him. You remember David had a baby with Bathsheba, who was married to the Hittite at the time, who fought in the war under David's command. And let's look over at Second Samuel 12, and let's look at verse 20. It says, So David arose from the ground, washed and anointed himself, and changed his clothes. And he went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Then he went to his own house, and when he requested, they set food before him, and he ate. Now, David knew what he had done was wrong, and he was paying the consequences. He lost his child. He had been fasting and praying with his face to the ground, begging for his son's life. When he heard that God had taken his son home, he arose, he accepted the will of God, and he worshipped him. Here we have David, who faced adversity as a result of his sin, and yet he acknowledged his sin and accepted God's will and worshipped him. Then on the other hand, we have Job, who was a righteous man, and he too suffered adversity. But it wasn't because of sin, because, remember, Job was a righteous man. Scripture tells us that when the adversity started, Job fell to the ground and he worshipped God. Job said in chapter 1, verses 20 to 21, it says, Then Job arose, tore his robe, and shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshipped. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Each of these men worshipped God and showed him honor in the midst of their adversity. Oh, such a powerful message that through every aspect of our lives, the good and the bad, through the new beginnings in life, through the struggles and through the loss, we are to glorify God. Whether you have been diagnosed with cancer like Bobby, lost your job like Phil, or lost a loved one like Jane, if we truly are trusting God, we should be able to say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. As we face new beginnings like Kentha, Sean, Jessica, and Bob, or face struggles like Mark and Carrie, if we truly are trusting God, we should be able to say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Ladies, worship involves two directional views. The first is looking upward. We see God in all of his majesty, power, glory, and sovereignty, as well as his mercy, goodness, and grace. And then the second is looking at ourselves. When we look at ourselves, we recognize our dependence upon God and our sinfulness before him. We see God as the sovereign creator, worthy to be worshipped, served, and obeyed. And we see ourselves as mere creatures, unworthy sinners, who have failed to worship, serve, and obey Him as we should. Worship 
from the heart in times of adversity implies an attitude of humble acceptance that God has sovereign control over everything, the very breath we, we breathe, every bite of food we eat comes from God. He directs our steps to fulfill His sovereign plan in our lives. 1 Peter 5 verses 6 and 7 says, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. One of the safest places we can be, ladies, is under the mighty hand of God. He cares for us and meets our every need. Joni Erickson Tata can vouch for that. After 43 years of living paralyzed from the neck down, Johnny recently learned that she now has stage 2 breast cancer. Her response after hearing she had cancer was, I've often said that our afflictions come from the hand of our all-wise and sovereign God who loves us and wants what is best for us. So although cancer is something new, I am content to receive from God whatever He deems fit for me. Yes, it's alarming, but rest assured that Ken, her husband, and I are utterly convinced that God is going to use this to stretch our faith, brighten our hope, and strengthen our witness to others. Johnny found out that the cancer had spread to the lymph nodes which means she will have to have chemotherapy after the surgery. Well, the struggles that she faces every day just got worse. Ladies, things we take for granted, like eating, is a challenge for Johnny. And now with the surgery, she has to do therapy routines to re-strengthen her arm because she feeds herself using a bent spoon in her arm splint. So... A strong arm is essential. Through all this adversity, Johnny is trusting God to meet her needs. She continues to smile knowing that God is in control. As we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, ladies, we recognize that our strength is in Him and not in ourselves. Another area in our lives that we need to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God is to resist any tendency of bitterness or resentment toward people who add to the adversity in our lives. In Ephesians 4, verse 32, we are told to forgive one another just as God in Christ forgave us. Ladies, adversity often comes to us through the actions of people. And people can be really cruel. But there are times that they may offend us and do something that creates adversity in our life and they didn't mean to or they're not aware that they did that. Either way, we are to forgive them. Now, we may not want to admit it, but we too are the cause of adversity in someone else's life. Now, we may not want to admit it, and maybe we didn't mean to, but we are sinners and it will happen. It's a fact of life. So we also have to remember 
that whether the person brings adversity in your life on purpose or not, God's sovereign hand is in it. There is nothing that is going to happen to you today that God has not allowed. So we have to look beyond the person causing that adversity. Forgive them because it is God working in your life to shape you into the image of his son. Job could have been bitter towards the people who took his oxen and donkeys, those who stole his camels and killed his servants. But he saw the hand of God in his adversity. Adversity hits in various ways for each of us, doesn't it? Job lost everything as one adversity after another hit him. And yet he said, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Corey Ten Boom, being sent to concentration camps, watched as all her family died. But she never wavered. She continued to trust in God and worship Him. Ladies, are you ready to acknowledge that God has a sovereign plan for our lives? And stop looking at the adversity, but look to God for what He is doing in our lives. Are we ready to trust that God is working in our lives according to His plan for our life through the bad times as well as the good times? Are you able in the midst of adversity to fall to your knees and worship God, saying, Blessed be the name of the Lord? Well, as Corey Tinboom says, There is no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. Ladies, God is in control of every aspect of our lives. Having a spirit of humble acceptance towards God or forgiveness towards others does not mean that we should not pray for deliverance from the adversities in our lives. Paul asked three times for the thorn in his flesh to be removed. God wants us to cast all of our cares upon him as we saw in 1 Peter 5.7. Ladies, as we pray for deliverance, we need to remember to accept that God may say no as he did with Paul. This may be the will of God. He sees the big picture and knows what is best for us. So we need to look to Him and His plan for our lives, not what we want. God may bring adversity in our lives to chastise us like David for his sin with Bathsheba. Or God may bring adversity in our lives even when we haven't sinned like Job, whom God called a righteous man. We may not always understand why, but God does. And he knows what is best for us and has a plan and a purpose in our life. All we have to do, ladies, is trust him. Above all else, everything we do, ladies, should be to the glory of God. As we come to the end of this study, we need to look back and examine our lives. Have we grown deeper in our relationship with God? Do you feel you trust God more now than you did in the beginning? 
In the beginning, we were asked the question, Can you trust God? And we saw that this question could be taken two ways depending on where you place the emphasis. First, can you trust God? Well, we have definitely seen that God is trustworthy, haven't we? He is absolutely sovereign over every aspect of our lives. He exercises that sovereignty in an infinitely wise and loving way for our good. He has a plan and a purpose for us. And there is nothing that is going to thwart that plan. He came and he suffered the agony of the cross so that we can be with him throughout eternity. Second way of asking the question is, can you trust God? Well, this is a personal question that only you can answer. As we have learned all the truths throughout this study and through Scripture, we have a choice. And that is whether we are going to trust God in every aspect of our lives. Only as you know God intimately and seek to obey Him completely will you be able to establish a trust relationship with God. You can't trust somebody that you don't know, can you? How do we get to know God. We need to be in His Word daily, don't we? Now, I'm not talking about just five minutes of reading. I'm talking about studying God's Word, studying the living Word of God. We need to be in prayer constantly, communicating with God and seeking His will for our life. And as we learn to accept that God is in sovereign control of our lives. We will learn to trust that He will fulfill His plan in our life. Ladies, I challenge you to take what you have learned throughout this study and apply it to your life. In times of adversity, remember that God's sovereign hand is in it. And there is nothing that is going to happen to you today that God has not allowed as we grow in our relationship with God, we will be able to say, I can trust God. Ladies, I've enjoyed doing this study with you. And I challenge you, grow in your Christian walk, grow in your relationship with God, and trust in Him to fulfill His plan and His purpose for your life. God bless. <music>